0: And Just yeah. I love
1: Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Rudrakashari Asa Tara Siddushi Sriman His Divine Grace Shileshi Bhaktivedanta Swami Raj Shilaprabhupada Kijai Gaur Primanande Hari Glories sound devotees All Glories to Shiguru and Shiguranga Vishnu Vishnupadaya Krishna Prasadaya Buddha Shri Mate Bhaktivedanta Swami Tanamane Namaste Sarasatundeve, Gaur Vani Bacharane Nirvishesha Srinivadi vadi Siddharna. Omagana jare sadarna Salakaya my God at yena tus my she grave na yena butle Swayam Rupa my home dāti-svā-padāntikāṁ, vandeham shīgurau, shīyuta-pada-kamalam, shigurau Vaishnavams Cha, shīrupaṁ sagrajāṭam, vitam Tam vītām-dham-sajīvām, sarvaitam, Sabadutam prijana saitam Krishna krīṣṇā-cētanya-devām, Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shiva Sakan Cha Hey Krishna Karna Sindo Pinavando pate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchena Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshari Pranamami Hri Priye, Vanchakapa Trivyascha, Kripa Sindhu Vyevacha, Patidana Bhavanevyo, Vaishnavaevyo Namo Namaha, Shri Krishna Chaitanya Pranitananda, Shedwe Tigadadhar Shiva gora Bhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare <coughs> Om Namo <coughs> Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate <coughs> Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Bhagavate Hare Krishna, thank you for being here. Is anyone here for the first time? Welcome. You're familiar with the Bhagavad Gita? You've heard of that before. Have you heard of the Bhagavad Gita before? I've been many years. Oh, okay. This is the first time you're here. Yeah. Just as, uh, does, anyone, uh, does anyone here speak Spanish? I speak Spanish. <laughs> Just for your information, one of my services also in ISKCON kind is that I take care of the health and welfare. And my main way I do I do I've done that in the past is I was writing a magazine for some years called Hope This Meets You in Good Health, and I compiled the in this particular book called Hope This Meets You in Good Health. Prabhupada's instructions on health, and the instructions I could find throughout all of Prabhupada's books about health and stories about health. So this book is called "Hopes This Meets You in Good Health," and It's a compilation and an organized in an organized form, systematic form of the Vedic literatures as presented by Shri Prabhupada about health. That's the first part. The second part. As essays that I wrote, mainly about Ayurveda, about health. So these copies, we sold them all out yesterday here in Dallas. But they're available online or pre-order. Here's uh, Nitinanda Chandra can pre-order them, so they'd be, probably be here in a few, maybe a week or so. So if you like to pre-order them, you can get that from Nitinanda Chandra. We do have copies here of it in Spanish. So if anyone would like to buy a copy in Spanish, they're available from Kumari Dasi, who lives here in America from Peru. They're also available in Russian, Croatian, and Polish, if you like you speak those languages. So today I'm going to read from the Bhagavad Gita as it is, chapter 18, text number 65. Manmra Baba Madhavto Majaji Mame Namaskaru Mame satyam te Pratijani Priyosime. Always think of me. Become my devotee. Worship me and offer your homage unto me. I promise. Uh, thus you'll come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. So please repeat. Always think of me. Become my devotee. Become my devotee. Offer, your Offer your homage unto me. Thus you will come to me without fail. Without fail I, promise this, I promise you this. Because you are my very dear friend. Very dear. Purport. The most confidential part of knowledge is that one should become a pure devotee of Krishna. And always think of him and act for him. One should not become an official meditator. Life should be so molded that one will always have the chance to think of Krishna. One should always act in such a way that all his daily activities are in connection with Krishna. He should arrange his life in such a way that throughout the 24 hours he cannot help He cannot but think of Krishna. And the Lord's promise is that anyone who is in such pure Krishna consciousness will certainly return to the abode of Krishna, where he'll be engaged in the association of Krishna face to face. The most confidential part of knowledge is spoken to Arjuna because he is a dear friend of Krishna. Everyone who follows the path of Arjuna can become a dear friend of Krishna and obtain the same perfection as Arjuna. These words stress that one should concentrate his mind upon Krishna, the very form, the two hands carrying a flute, the bluish boy with a beautiful face, and peacock feathers in his hair. These are the descriptions of Krishna found in the Brahma Samhita and other literatures. One should fix his mind on this original form of Godhead, Krishna. One should not even divert his attention to other forms of the Lord. The Lord has multi-forms as Vishnu, Narayana, Rama, Varaha, etc. But a devotee should concentrate his mind on the form that was present before Arjuna. Concentration of the mind on the form of Krishna, Krishna constitutes the most confidential part of knowledge and this is disclosed to Arjuna because Arjuna is the most dear friend of Krishna's. So the verse again, Manmana Baba Madbhakto Majaji Mam Namaskuru Mam Vaishasi Satyam Te Pratijani Priyosime Namo Vishnu Krishna Pristai Bhute Srimati Bhakti Vidanta Swami Tanamane namaste sarasvatindeva goravani prarne Nirvi shesha shunivadi pasgadi ade satarne this movement to become krishna conscious has only one goal does anyone know what that goal is yes yeah, something like that to become conscious of krishna that's why we call it the Krishna Consciousness Movement. And to become conscious of Krishna, there is a science, there is a process to become conscious of Krishna, and everyone is, invi- everyone is eligible to take to that process, and as much as we want to become conscious of Krishna, Krishna will reveal himself to us. So Krishna explains this to us in this particular verse. There are two verses in Bhagavad Gita that are repeated twice in their entirety. One of them is this verse Manmana Bhava Mad Bhakto, Madhyaji Mam Namaskru, mam Vaishasi Satyam Te Pratija Nit And the other verse is Shreyan Swadamo Viguna Paradharma Svanustitat, Shre Shreyat para Bhaihavaha. Uh The first one means, the second one, Shreya, means, it is better to perform one's own prescribed duty, even though faulty, than to perform someone else's duty, even though one may do it perf- perfectly. Destruction and the cost of one's own prescribed duties is better, because to take so- up someone else's duty is dangerous. In other words, we should know what we're supposed to be doing. And there's two ways of knowing what we're supposed to be doing. One is that we find out from the Vedic literature, according to our psychophysical nature, what our natural occupation should be, or could be. The idea behind this is that we are actually spiritual beings in a material body, And when we utilize the body correctly, that is, in harmony with Krishna, serving Krishna, perhaps in what's called the varna and ashram system, then gradually we elevate our our consciousness to a higher and higher level so that gradually we realize that we're eternal beings, that we're we're eternal spiritual beings. The advantage of realizing that we're eternal spiritual beings is that we become prasanatma. We're always joyful. Everyone wants to be joyful. As a matter of fact, everything we're doing is to become joyful. No one came to this class, I'm sure, to learn how to become morose. If you want to become morose, just turn on television or read the newspaper, and that will help you become morose. So the, but no one turns on the television, no one ter- reads the newspaper to become a rose, no one does anything to become a rose. Everyone does whatever they're doing to become atma, to become joyful, because that's our nature. We're by nature joyful, and the beginning of joyfulness is to realize that we're eternal, because if we're eternal. Then there's no problem. If we're eternal, we can become very patient because we have a long time. Eternity is quite a long time. And if we think we're not eternal, if we think we're this body, then we have very little time. And therefore, we become very impatient. We become full of anxiety. What's going to happen to me? Actually, nothing's going to happen to us. Every Whatever happens in the material world is not happening to us it's happening to our body but because we're attached to this body we think it's happening to us just like if you're watching a movie and you become very much absorbed in the hero or the heroine of the movie then naturally you think oh now I'm gaining something the hero is winning the battle Or now I'm losing something because the hero is being defeated. Similarly, we're all in a dream presently, and our body is the hero or the heroine in that dream. And when we're gaining, when this body is gaining something, we imagine that we're actually making some progress. And that when we're losing, we think we're losing. But actually it's just our dream that's our hero in in that dream, namely this body, which is gaining or losing. But the soul, ourselves, we can gain, as it explains here, if we become conscious of Krishna. And consciousness of Krishna begins with hearing about Krishna. Whatever we hear about we become conscious of. So we hear about Krishna. To some degree or another, we'll become conscious of Krishna. Especially if we hear from the right source with the right attitude. So in the beginning of Bhagavad Gita Krishna says, De nos minita de he kamaram Yovanam Jara Tatahandra praptir tiryas Tatra Namuyati. Just to differentiate Krishna's instructions from other material instructions, Krishna says, My dear Arjuna, you're in a body that's changing. Now I think everyone here will agree with that, that our bodies are changing. As I said before, Prabhupada was in a at the University of Durban in South Africa. And he was part of a conference. And in that conference, there was another Indian gentleman. And he started to challenge Srila Prabhupada, saying, Swamiji, why are you talking about this Hindu doctrine of reincarnation? And Prabhupada said, No, it is not a doctrine, it is a science. It's a science because it applies to everyone, everywhere, for all time. That's science. Just like 5,000 years ago, Krishna was talking to Arjuna. And Krishna did not tell Arjuna, my dear Arjuna, now we're on this battlefield. And it is a very difficult place to be. Therefore, maybe we should talk some philosophy before the battle starts. Specifically, let's talk Hindu philosophy. Because after all, I'm a Hindu god, and you're a Hindu. So let's talk Hindu philosophy. So according to Hindu philosophy, all Hindus have bodies that change. Unlike others, like Christians or Buddhists or atheists, their bodies don't change. Only Hindu bodies change. Luckily for Hindus, they have a soul. (laughs) Unlike everyone else. Therefore, when Hindus have to change their body, luckily they get another body. So self-realized Hindus are not bewildered by these changes. No, the fact is that everyone, whether one be an atheist or a Hindu or a Buddhist, whether one be a cat or a dog or a plant or a demigod, everyone in this universe has a changing body. And in every body, there is a soul that's not changing. Now, we're certainly conscious of the changes, just like we're conscious of what's happening in a movie and we become so emotionally involved that we actually think we're part of the movie. So we're emotionally involved with this particular experience. We're having our present incarnation, and we'll be just as involved and absorbed in our next incarnation, whether it be spiritual or material. Therefore, Krishna gives us intelligence by speaking Bhagavad Gita, Intelligence to see what's actually going on. Now, Krishna suggests Manmana, we should hear, we should think about him. But in order to think about Krishna, we actually have to listen. Now, anyone who hears Bhagavad Gita with a submissive attitude will realize, first of all, that we're an illusion. Because unless we're an illusion, how is it that we ourselves, being eternal, are now thinking that we're temporary? I mean, what could be worse than that? Now people may be worried about dying, but of course we don't die, because we're eternal. And the body also can't die, because the body was never alive. Something that's dead can't die. Now, apparently, the body seems like it dies, but actually it doesn't. Because the body is changing all the time. Therefore, the body, is always, every moment is temporary. And we ourselves never change. So we can't die. So death is not the worst thing that can happen to us because we'll never die. But the most unfortunate thing is that we think we're going to die and therefore we're always in anxiety, that we're going to disappear, that we're temporary. So the best thing that could happen to us is to realize that we're eternal. If we realize we're eternal, then all our problems are solved. Because our main problem that we're struggling with in the material world is to live as long as we can. Live as long as we can, and be as happy as we can be but it's not possible to be happy if we think we're going to die. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, nashti yuktasya na bhavanaha na That for one who's not in Krishna consciousness can have neither a controlled mind nor steady intelligence without which there can be no possibility of peace. And how can there be any any happiness unless there is peace? Unless we realize we're eternal, how can we be peaceful? And unless we are peaceful, how can we be happy? So, Krishna suggests that we listen to Bhagavad Gita, because if we follow the instructions of Bhagavad Gita and learn how to think about Krishna constantly, then gradually the illusion of identifying ourselves with this gross and subtle material bodies will gradually go away. Therefore, hearing from Krishna doesn't mean just to hear once in a while. It means that we should hear from Krishna in such a way as that we can actually remember what he's saying. If Krishna's instructions are eternal, and we're eternal, we're supposed to be eternally conscious of his instructions. So we should hear in such a way as that we remember what he's saying and then try to understand what he's saying. So it becomes part of our existence. Krishna was speaking to Arjuna because Arjuna was taking the role of a conditioned soul. So that we ourselves, when we hear Bhagavad Gita, it's just as good as Krishna speaking personally to us. The reason why Krishna spoke to Arjuna is that we could hear the Bhagavad Gita and we could hear Krishna speaking personally to us. Krishna is already speaking to us. He's the super soul in our heart. And he's always speaking to us Unfortunately, we can't hear him very well. So he speaks outside as Krishna and Bhagavad Gita and to Arjuna so we can hear him better, what he's saying. And he's saying that we should hear in such a way as we can actually see what he's saying. And if we do that, and we remember then we can see things in the proper perspective. And when we understand things in the pr- proper perspective, that not only we're eternal, but every living entity in this world is also eternal. And everyone here has the same Supreme Father, namely Krishna. That Krishna is equally in everyone's heart, and therefore everyone has equal opportunity to have a relationship with Krishna. Krishna wants every living entity to have a relationship. They already have a relationship with him, but he wants everyone to become aware of their eternal relationship with with Krishna and become madbhakta, become Krishna's devotee. Why become Krishna's devotee? Because the very happiness that we're looking for is Krishna. Krishna is a reservoir of all pleasure, and everyone or anything that comes in contact with Krishna will also experience happiness and pleasure and love. And that love is in relationship with Krishna and with Krishna's devotees. The spiritual world means simply an interchange of loving relationships with Krishna and his devotees. And this world becomes spiritual, and our world becomes spiritual, as soon as we learn how to have loving relationships with Krishna and his devotees. So that's available to everyone. It doesn't even cost anything. It's free. And although it doesn't cost anything... If we develop love for Krishna, we get Krishna in return, and it just so happens that he's worth everything. So it's a good deal. We make no investment and we get back everything, namely Krishna. But that means we have to actually see the world as Krishna's eternal abode. That this world is also Krishna's place of pastimes where. Everyone has come here to imitate or become Krishna and is doing a very bad job of doing that. So that's good. If we did a good job, we would want to stay here. But luckily, we're doing a terrible job, and therefore, we've come here to find out how to get out of here, how to get out of our material conception, and enter into the real world around us. The real world around us is Krishna's world. And when we enter into Krishna's world, into the proper attitude towards every living entity, and that attitude is very simple. Namely, Krishna, who's has appeared here, for instance, in the form of Radha Kala he's come here simply to love us and to, have, and to have us love him, to serve him, love him, glorify him. And at the same time, to develop a loving relationship, a cooperative relationship with Krishna's eternal servants, which are all around us. And that relationship is to talk about Krishna or hear about Krishna, to take prasadam offered to Krishna and offer prasadam offered to Krishna, to uh, think about Krishna or to tell others about Krishna and hear about Krishna to offer gifts, the gift of Krishna consciousness to others, and to be willing to accept Krishna consciousness from others. So these are loving exchanges. And we're engaged in these loving exchanges, and naturally we'll become happy in relationship with one another, and we'll be enthusiastic to invite others to hear about Krishna and develop their relationship with Krishna. And if we do that, if we're actually involved in Krishna's mission, because that is Krishna's mission. Kalachandri didn't come here because he heard there was a good restaurant, and he'd get an offering every day. He came here specifically because he has a mission. That mission is to help each one of us become actually conscious of this, of him and everyone else and everything else as it actually is. Because then all our anxieties, all our problems, all our fears will go away. And instead, we'll always be aware of exactly what we're supposed to do and how to do it in such a way as we become happy and we make others happy too. Then we'll develop the good qualities of a devotee. The good qualities will get revived all our good qualities and we'll become happy with ourselves and we'll become happy because we can make others happy. So Krishna says, manmana, bhava, madhyaji, that feeling towards Krishna is what we're trying to awaken. And that feeling towards Krishna can be awakened because naturally we have feeling towards others. Right now, of course, we could try to serve Krishna with some feeling, but naturally we also have feelings towards others, and Krishna is very happy if we try to, with feelings, serve others in relationship to him. Then we'll actually worship Krishna, because Krishna is worshipped not only by talking about Krishna, but by also experiencing Krishna. Krishna consciousness is not meant to just be a a theoretical philosophy that we hear once in a while. It's meant to be a practical experience, not only every day, but at every moment. But that's not possible at the beginning. But we have to try to actually feel Krishna. And that's that's only possible with a peaceful mind, with a receptive mind. When we say Krishna... It may seem like an ordinary sound vibration, but when we become receptive to it, when we can actually feel it, then it actually becomes an experience rather than just a theory. Then, namaskaru. When we realize how wonderful Krishna is, then we'll naturally surrender. It will become humble. Right now, everyone is very proud of their immaterial position the said, in this age, even a pauper, pauper is proud of his penny. And what do we have to be proud of? Somehow or another, we have a body, and this body may have so many good qualities. It may have so many qualities. And therefore, we think, because we think we're this body, therefore, we think we have so much wealth, we have so much knowledge, we have so much personal beauty, we have so much influence. But actually, these things don't belong to us. They actually belong to Krishna. And when we realize that they belong to Krishna, we'll have the same body, we'll have the same wealth, we'll have the same whatever we have now, but we'll utilize it humbly in Krishna's service. Because we realize it's not us, it's not ours. It was specifically given to us for Krishna's service. To utilize humbly with feeling of trying to please Krishna. So humility will bring us to eternity, and feeling will bring us to Krishna consciousness. Then Krishna says, sarva, dharma, prajaja. Then all these other things we're doing, all these other concerns, all these other things we're trying to accomplish will seem insignificant compared to actually becoming Krishna's servant. And masujaha, there'll be no more anxiety or worries. And we'll only want to associate intimately, personally, with those who are Krishna conscious. Or we'll only try to give a Krishna conscious association to others. And we'll avoid acting as a mater- in a mater- other consciousness. And we we'll- won't have a very much taste of associating with people in another consciousness also. And one will actually become very enthusiastic about giving Krishna to others because that's most pleasing to Krishna. Krishna is quite an anxiety, if God can be an anxiety. He's an anxiety, as Prahlad Maharaj said, Naiva Dvijay Paradharatya Vaitaranyas Tvavirya Gaina Mahamrita Magna Chitak Soche Vimukha Chetasa Maya Sukaya Bharam Udhva Thau Vimudan Prahlad Maharaj, he was right before God himself in the form of Lord Neshingadev. And Lord Nishingadev offered him any benediction. Lord Nishingadev is the super genie, and he didn't even have to come out of a lamp. He could give any benediction. But Prahlad Maharaj said, no, I don't really need any benediction, because I'm already in ecstasy. I already got the highest benediction. Whenever I chant your name, I merge, my whole existence merges into your pastimes, and I'm just full of unlimited happiness. So, Lord Nishingadeva was looking at Praladmar and said, well, you look like you're a little anxiety. You know, what's the problem? If you're full of anxi- uh, happiness, why do you look like you're so much in anxiety? So, Prahladmara says, so che muka chaytasa indriarta." Because I'm looking around this world and I'm seeing these people are full of anxiety because they're devoid of your love and they're absorbed in material consciousness and therefore they're not only fools, Prahlad Maharaj uses the word vimudha. So mudha means ass and vimudha means super asses. So they're not only fools, but they're super fools. They think they're an incarnation, but they're their mudha incarnation, the full incarnation. And therefore I'm working to bring them back so they can experience your love and become happy. So that's Krishna's mission. and As much as we dovetail ourselves with Krishna's mission, then Krishna will make us part of his mission. And when Krishna makes us part of his mission, then we become our body, our mind, our intelligence, our ego, all becomes like Krishna, becomes spiritualized. And we actually merge into Krishna's mission, and we become with Krishna, part of Krishna's family. So the aim of this Hare Krishna movement is to make everyone come to become part of Krishna's family. The real family, which we belong to eternally, that we're imitating now in so many different ways, to come back to our real family and therefore become eternally happy and understand exactly how to participate in not only making ourselves happy, but making Krishna happy and every living entity happy too. So, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Any questions? Yes.
0: Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for the wonderful explanation on this verse. Um, can you please explain uh, how one can serve with humility?
1: Well, that Krishna will reveal to us. In other words, our normal when we realize how unlimitedly wonderful Krishna is, and how wonderful, unlimitedly wonderful Krishna's devotees are, when we actually develop that appreciation, then we ourselves will think ourselves to be quite insignificant. If we're actually deriving unlimited pleasure, or a vast amounts of pleasure from others, especially Krishna and his devotees, then the result is we'll think ourselves to be very insignificant. So, the only way we can actually have real humility is to have appreciation for others, especially Krishna and his devotees, so that we feel ourselves insignificant compared to how wonderful they are. Of course, when we realize we're one ten thousandth the size of Tippeer in size, we realize then that's also a good way of becoming humble. It's hard to get too proud when you're only one ten thousandth the size of the tip here in size. And even if you double it, still you'll remain humble. Anything else? Okay, thank you very much. Grandaraj Bhagavad Gita Kijai, Kijai So again, if you like one of these books, they're available here in Spanish. And you can also get them. By pre order from Nityananda Chandrapur.